question is on the first article of impeachment. Senators, how say you? Is the respondent, Donald John Trump, guilty or not guilty? A roll call vote is required. Well, Nerdcasters, it's Wednesday afternoon and the Senate impeachment trial has come to a close. Mr. Alexander, not guilty. Ms. Baldwin, guilty. And with it, our daily impeachment podcast. Not guilty. Guilt, not guilty. Guilty. Guilty, not guilt, not. We're going to dive into the details in just a second, but first, we're going to boil down what happened today in the impeachment trial for the last time ever into 30 seconds. Nancy Cook, one last time. The Senate impeachment trial wrapped up today, and the Senate voted to acquit President Donald Trump. It was a party-line vote except for Republican Senator Mitt Romney of Utah, who voted to convict Trump, which was a big blow and surprise to the White House. Also, the White House was not able to convince any Democrats to acquit Trump, which is something that they had wanted. Now we're just waiting to see how Trump reacts, and we're expecting him to give some sort of remarks between now and early this evening. That was Politico White House reporter Nancy Cook, and I'm your host, Scott Bland. And today we've got impeachment expert Darren Samuelson joining us from Capitol Hill. I'm talking to you from the Senate radio and TV gallery in one of their booths that uh, allows for sound control. To close out this chapter of 2020 and of American history. And despite the fact that this is the the final day of this historic trial, uh, things were much quieter today on Capitol Hill, maybe because everyone's known what would happen on this last day for so long. On the Senate floor where I was just a little while ago, uh, there was only three or four people actually sitting up in the gallery uh, in the public space, and just a couple of senators were drifting in and out uh, during the course of uh, these speeches that the senators have been giving in anticipation of the final vote. So, Darren, President Donald Trump was acquitted today. It's the result we've been expecting for quite some time now. But there was one final twist in this long impeachment saga, and that, of course, was Mitt Romney voting to convict the only Republican, the only senator to cross the aisle on this issue. And Darren, this is the culmination of a long and winding and bizarre relationship that Mitt Romney and Donald Trump have had for about eight or nine years now long before Trump was president. Yeah, the Trump-Romney relationship is a bizarre one, and it has been winding through so many different paths back in 2012 uh, when uh, Donald Trump was that perennial presidential candidate who never quite ran for president and yet, you know, flirted with it on and off. Uh, At one point, Trump endorsed Romney, but uh, before he did that, he was flirting with running. He was complaining that the Republicans weren't conservative enough. He he, uh, floated uh, that he might even run as an independent at one point uh, because he wasn't happy with Mitt Romney. Uh, obviously, uh, Romney was not a Trump fan during the 2016 campaign. He let it uh, let the world know that. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. Mitt is a failed candidate. He failed. He failed horribly. And I backed Mitt Romney. I backed him. You can see how loyal he is. He was begging for my endorsement. Uh, But then, of course, uh, Romney shows up and uh, goes out to the 21 Club in New York City uh, with Donald Trump for uh, dinner there after Trump was elected president and uh, was kind of uh, kicked around as a possible secretary of state, a job that ultimately uh, Mitt Romney did not get. And Rex Tillerson, the uh, Exxon CEO, does get. And now here in the Senate, uh, it is just it is definitely fascinating to think of Mitt Romney now as someone who is going to serve out this term. 
um, as uh, an opponent of Donald Trump, he's certainly going to be remembered that way. We're already seeing the attacks from Donald Trump Jr. Um, it's just going to get probably uh, more intense as the uh, days, weeks, hours go by. Um, I'm sure Mitt Romney knows what's coming his way. He he sees this uh, decision here as a um, you know for the history books. Um, you know, if another version of Profiles in Courage gets written, I think Mitt Romney would want to be a part of that. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's, I think how he's going to be remembered now for forevermore as, you know, the Republican presidential candidate to, uh, who lost to Barack Obama, um, opposes, you know, his party's own nominee that comes up four years later and, and then serves out, um, in the Senate with him, uh, and, uh, criticizes him, um, on perhaps the biggest, uh, issue to face Donald Trump in his entire presidency. Now, Darren, thinking back to the beginning of this impeachment trial, we had you on our first episode talking about what we thought we might see. Looking back now, are you surprised at how any of this has played out? You know, there were obviously some dramatic moments, but ultimately we saw a trial that pretty much conformed to what we all knew Mitch McConnell wanted months before it started. I know there's one thing that really surprised me. I'm really baffled that John Bolton has not testified in public about what he knows. Really, really baffled. Uh, I guess he's got that book deal, so good for him. But it it's remarkable to me. Yeah, I remember back to that first episode here on the uh, the Nerdcast special edition, and um, thinking this trial was going to last longer than two weeks. I, I guess I was not quite ready for the uh, endurance test that it would be um, there in that first week, especially with the twenty four hours that the Democrats had, and them using all of it, and then all the Republican uh, the the president's lawyers doing their own uh, part there. Uh, you know, it, it certainly was a long trial that uh, didn't change very many minds. Um, I, I guess I thought that there might be witnesses. I, I really um, imagined that uh, four Republicans would come together um, besides Mitt Romney, Susan Collins. I thought Lisa Murkowski was going to go in the direction of witnesses. And I, and I thought that there was maybe three or four or five other Republicans, uh, a Ben Sass, a Lamar Alexander, a Ron, uh, Rob Portman, who might have also supported witnesses. And I, and I think that the Trump team uh, whether it be through, you know, behind the scenes lobbying, uh, whether it be through the way that the Trump lawyers uh, made their case, whether it be the pressure that these Republicans faced themselves and thinking about their own political futures and what would happen if they had uh, gone against the president. Um, I think that all ultimately led to that Friday uh, vote on the witnesses. And Darren, now, meanwhile, obviously, in the midst of all this, we've got a presidential election already going on. We had the Iowa caucuses earlier this week. On Tuesday night, President Trump delivered the final State of the Union of his first term. And it's going to be interesting to see how impeachment plays on the campaign trail. Now, Bill Clinton got impeached and acquitted, but also never ran for president again. It happened during his second term. And certainly, Trump does not seem to shy away from discussing his impeachment and really using it to rev up his supporters. You know he's going to use it. He's going to use it over and over until the next big thing happens. And I'm sure that's just around the corner. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Obviously, we're thinking back to how we ended up in this impeachment saga in the first place with that phone call coming the day after Robert Mueller's testimony and effectively clearing Trump uh, from facing significant consequences after the special counsel uh, Russia investigation, but to make the call to the Ukraine the next day, I mean, everyone's kind of wondering now, what is Donald Trump going to do on Thursday after his acquittal on Wednesday? And, uh, you know, buckle up because, because who knows what, what else is in store. But, you know, Democrats have been talking, um, a very big game about sort of the, the constitutional, uh, 
jeopardy that we are in right now of a president who has violated all manner of of norms and abused his power. Um, you know, you saw that in Nancy Pelosi ripping up the State of the Union speech. It's going to be fascinating to see the re- the rhetoric play out here for the next many months and whether Donald Trump feels emboldened to do things that are going to push the limits even more. Well, a big thank you to Darren Samuelson for taking the time out of this day to join us and talk through this final impeachment vote and all the implications surrounding it. And before we let you go, I want to touch briefly on the other big news this week. I mentioned it a little before. That's the Iowa caucuses, the messy Iowa caucus results on the Democratic side. And we've been planning to bring you uh, more coverage of that, but we're still waiting uh, for the final word on what happened and who won. Right now, we've got about three quarters of the vote in. Pete Buttigieg is slightly ahead of Bernie Sanders in terms of the state delegate count, uh, which is, after all, what they're all running for. So we will keep keeping an eye on that and hopefully get back to you with some some more discussion of that very soon. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Nerdcast Impeachment Special signing off.